0: I'd like to bring today's God's Word in a beautiful passage uh, that written by Apostle Paul. And the title for today's message is Dormant Christianity. Dormant Christianity, when Christians are dormant, is not something that we uh, think often, but it's something that is mentioned here in this passage. And I'd like to start with uh, an interesting of a, a background about the concept of light during the time of Jesus. During the time of Jesus, men were supposed to go to Jerusalem three times a year. The first time was for a feast, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, also known as the Passover. They also went for the Feast of the Harvest, and the third one was the Feast of the Ingathering. I think the, the, the Jewish were just like the Nazarenes. They loved to eat and they love feasts. And every time they had a feast, people would come and travel from all over the places to, to gather, to be with their families, and to celebrate this feast. Well, the feast of the in gathering was a very interesting uh, concept that was a reminder of God's provision and His time in the wilderness. So the way it would work is they would come in about mid-October for about seven days and be in Jerusalem. And while they were in Jerusalem, they would have their tents and would stay in tents instead of their homes and celebrate this time in reminder of how God was faithful when they were living in tents many, many centuries before after the Exodus and when they went from, from Egypt to the Promised Land. So, at this event, at this feast, not only they would celebrate with food, they would celebrate with singing and worship. And one night, the final night, they would light up the temple. And and the way it would work is they would have these large bowls with a couple gallons of, of oil... And they would have it in the temple tower and in different areas of the temple. And the young priests would go and light it up. So at the last, at the last night of the, of the feast, the temple would be lit up. And would not only shed light on the, on, on the temple and the surrounding area, but the whole Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And it was so powerful that people at night would not see such a tremendous light as in the the feast of the inn gathering at the temple. And all that was in such a way that people would saw the light of the temple and be reminded of the light of God during the time of the wilderness and they'll celebrate and they'll come out with a harp and they'll come out with the music instruments and they'll celebrate and they'll sing at seeing that light so in John 8:12 when Jesus said I am the light of the world in their mind they had that light in the middle of the night, on the temple, that reminded of the light and the power of God. So is Jesus saying that he is the light of the world, means that he is the light that God has provided for the people as a reminder of his faithfulness. Well, today we're going to look into another light passage. And this passage is out of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And Paul writes to the word in Ephesus and tells them about living Christian life and what it means to be a Christian in the world. And if you would open your Bibles with me, in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 5, we're going to read verses 8 to 14, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 to 14, and they say the word of the Lord, for you were once darkness, but now you are light In the world. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that you have been so faithful, that you've been so good to us. And Father, we thank you that in all things, we see your light in our lives and in our world. And we pray that we can be a part of that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. The word of the Lord is a beautiful, beautiful word. But what we see here is that Christians are a light. It starts in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Now, Christians being the light is something that we do not always understand. What it means that Christians are the light. A few years back, I bought my girls a glow-in-the-dark toy. And it's one of those toys that they could have in their room and in the middle of the night, and the thing would glow. And they got it, and the first thing they did was turn off the lights. Well, what happened was it didn't glow. Like, Daddy, Daddy, the toy's not glowing. It's broke. You need to go and get a new one. I was like, no, hold on. You know, these toys only work after they have been exposed to light. So we got a lamp and we put the toy under the lamp for about five minutes. And then I called the girls, hey, come on up. let's let's see the toy now. And we put the toy in the middle of the room and turned off the lights and that toy just lit up the room. You know, many times we, we look at the glow in the dark and think, oh, what an interesting technology, what an interesting concept. But without light, it will not glow. If it's in darkness, it will not glow. It only glow with the light that it has received, to the light that it has been exposed to. And this is exactly what Paul is telling us. And so once we were in the dark, once we were living in darkness, but once we're exposed to the light, once we see the light, once uh, uh, once we receive that light, then we glow. And if we don't glow, it's because... There's not enough light that we have received. So Paul says we are in the darkness. We have lived in darkness. And he says that first we have to receive light. And he he calls us children of light. Children of light. He's not calling us, you know, um, glimpses of light or or little candles of light. He's saying we are children. Children reflect their parents. You know, I, I tease Isabel often, and, and I tell Joanne every so often saying, like, when should we tell that Isabel is adopted? Because she looks just like me. And, and when she was little, she goes, I am like Isabel. Just go to a mirror. You know, th- there's no doubt you are my child. She, she has, just has my face. And people tell me often, Well, there's no denying this child of yours because she acts like me a lot too. And the children reflect the parents. And that's why Paul is using this terminology that we are children of the light because they see the light of, of our Father in us. And the light is truth. The light is holiness because when we live in the life, all that is wrong All that darkness around us is visible. It shines in the darkness. People notice. And Jesus told us also in a Sermon on the Mount, and we preached about it a few years, a few few weeks ago, uh, when we were talking about the Sermon on the Mount, how we are to be the light of the world. How you cannot hide a light under a table. But the light of the world is Jesus saying that He is the light. And we, with him, become light. But verse 8 tells us that we do live in darkness. Paul said that we were once darkness. He didn't say that we were once living in darkness. That we were once in darkness. We were darkness. So what does he mean by we being darkness? He's meaning that we are darkness the disobedience, that we are the sinful. We are the ones who are living by choice in darkness. That's why we are. is an attribute because we have chosen not to receive light, but to, re- but to be in darkness. So we are darkness. And Paul is speaking about light as nothing to do with Darkness, because once light comes in, darkness disappears. And he says, you are the light in the world. Live as children of the light and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. You know, many Christians look at this and think, oh, there's so many things I disagree with right now. There's so many things that I do not agree with. Oh, there's so many things happening in our world that I just want to speak about it because so many people are doing so many wrong things. And yet, what this passage is telling us is that we are the children of the light. And we are to expose, but we do not expose with our opinions. We expose with the word of the Lord. Amy Carmichael was a missionary in 1867. She read an article about girls uh, being used for prostitution in the Hindu temples in India. And she prayed and she wanted to make a difference. But during the Victorian time, there was no way she could go and, and say things like that. You know, I want to go and, and end with this thing that is so wrong. But she prayed and said, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me insight because I want to go. And she was able to raise funds. She was able to go. She was able to attend. She was able to make sure that she could go to India. And when she arrived, she spent 55 years without returning to England, ministering to these girls, ministering to these people, because they were living in the evil, in the darkness. And she brought that light to them. And this is the word of God. So when we look at something that's happening around us, when we see someone making a statement, and we think it's darkness. We need to expose, but not expose with our opinion. Not expose with our political ideas or with our, with our political views. But yet, let's use the Word of God. Let's use what God has said to bring light. Because the light is the Word. The Word of God is how we're going to expose those things that are wrong around us. It's not about opinion. We are darkness. We lived in darkness. We were darkness. But now we are light. So if there's anything that doesn't bring pleasure to God, we are to expose it. And that's why Paul says first, live as children of light in verse 8. Live as children of light. One of my best uh, ways to understand this passage, is that God, that Christ is the sun. And he is the light. And the sun shines on the earth. And we are like the moon. Now, if you've ever seen a full moon, it's bright. We can almost see in front of us with the light of a full moon. But the moon itself has no light. The moon itself does not emit any light. All it does is reflect the light from the sun. And many times we we look at, at our lives and thinking, well, I have no light. Of course we don't. But when the sun reflects on us, we can shed that light into the world. And this is why it's so important that we understand that it it takes a relationship with Jesus Christ, that it takes a relationship with the Father, that it takes a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It takes a relationship for us to have that light. Because without that relationship, there is no light. I cannot give something that I do not have. I cannot show something that I do not comprehend. I cannot teach something that I do not know. But if I receive from the Father, I can share. If I have received from the Father, I can let others know and can let others see. So light shines in the darkness and people see it. It's about relationships. When we receive His Spirit, when we receive His holiness, they see it in us. And we're also to please the Lord. And that's what Paul tells us in verse, um, in verse, uh, verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitness. No, I'm sorry, verse 10. And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. And Paul has a very clear idea of what pleases the Lord. Now, I find amazing when people know the different kind of trees. Nate, uh, he, he's been working with trees for so long, and he, he can look at a tree and say, Well, that's an elm tree. That's an oak tree. And every time I see a tree, it's a tree. You know, I don't know what fruit tree is or a nut tree or any kind of tree. For me, a tree is a tree. And I had a few months back, uh, my neighbor left on my front porch a bag filled with pears. And I didn't know who who, who left pears, but I have one of those uh, camera doorbells. So I went back and found out it was my next door neighbor. I'm like, where did he get all these pears? And then I went to my backyard, look over his yard, and sure enough, he had this large pear tree. I'd never seen it. I did not know it was a pear tree until I saw pears dangling from that tree. And I don't know what an apple tree is until I see apples coming out of that tree. And, and the same thing with oranges. And the same thing with, with any other fruit. I don't know what a tree is from another tree until they bear fruit. And this is what Paul is telling us. You will know, people will know what kind of tree you are when you bear your fruit. People will recognize that you are a tree that is related to God the Father because your fruit represents the fruit that the Father has. And what is amazing about this passage is that Paul is telling us our Christian life is not about how we, how we live or how many things we believe in or how many times we go to church, how many times we read the Bible. Our Christian life is about the fruit we have, the fruit we provide. And he tells us it's the fruit of righteousness, of goodness, and truth verse 9 for the fruit of light consists in all goodness righteousness and truth so if we do not have the fruit we are not related to the father we are living in darkness but the fruit is what's showing us is what's showing others whom we belong to so people desire trees good fruit no one wants uh, a tree that has little to no purpose like a a buckeye tree you know there's no little purposes for for those nuts I'm I'm sorry (laughs) you you know it's just it's true that there's there's no use for a buckeye nut yes buckeye necklaces and (laughs) anyway so yes we do have some people here that are making comments. So, but the truth is, if there is a tree that has a nut that has no purpose, why, why 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 do we plant that tree? Why would we plant the tree because it has no purpose? We want to plant pear trees or mango trees. That means also we're warmer too. We want to we want to plant a plant. Pear trees and orange trees and and all these wonderful fruits that we love, banana trees. And when we plant those trees to have fruit, we expect fruit. And if there's no fruit, we, we destroy it. We don't want it. And that's why Paul is calling the light the fruit. Because it shows that we have a purpose in this world. To reflect Jesus Christ. The passage ends with a, with a word. Wake up sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Wake up sleeper. And this is what Paul is telling us. Wake up. Rise from the dead. You know, enough on being dormant. There's too many people that are Christians like they're the light, but they're like the refrigerator light. You know about the refrigerator light? When you go on, you don't know what's doing. You only, the only use is when you open the door and it comes on. And then you close the door and you assume the thing's off. It has, has only a purpose for a few minutes when you're there. And I know some Christians who are like refrigerator lights. They come to church, and they're the light. And then they just go back, and we don't know what's going on. And this is not what Paul is telling us. Paul is telling us that our light radiates. It shines into the darkness. So when we wake up, it's not to say that we're all asleep. It's, we have to be active in having the fruit. We have to be active in our relationships, so others will see Jesus Christ in us. I'd like to conclude with, uh, with an analogy. Let's say that you are lost in the woods. I have been lost in the woods a few times, uh, especially uh, when I was younger. And, but let's say it's the middle of the night, and the dawn came, and it's the middle of the night, and you don't see anything. All you know is there's trees everywhere, and your flashlight on your phone is, you know, there's no more battery. So you don't even know what, where to go or what to do. But somehow, in a distance, you see someone walking with a light, and you go to that person and you say, "Hey, um, I'm lost. Um, do you do you know this place?" He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah. I live nearby. I know this woods very well. If you follow me, I'll lead you out of the woods, and you can go on your way." But let's say I say, "You know what?" I'm not sure if I'm going to trust that flashlight. So, uh, no. I'm going to stay in the darkness. No one would ever do that. They'll say, you got a flashlight. I want to follow you. The problem with Christians nowadays, the problem with people is that they're seeing the light. We have the light. And we are living in darkness. There's a lot of darkness. And people are looking for someone with a light. And all we have to sing is, this light is not mine, it's Jesus. But Jesus can lead us out of this situation into a place where you can be home. We as Christians have the light in the world that's filled with darkness. All they have to do is follow him. All they have to do is have a relationship with him. But if we are not carrying a light, if we we are not having the fruits, how Is anyone going to see what we have? So we have to wake up. We have to share the light. And we have to follow Jesus. So today I have a challenge. A challenge for all of you. And the challenge is to be the light. I know it's very hard to be the light when you are at home with with your family. I know it's very hard to... uh, Share your testimony when there's other people uh, that are in their homes. But a phone call. Even a, a video on Facebook or or on social media with your testimony of something amazing that God has done in your life. A video about something that God has done in your life that you want to share with others. can make a difference. Call someone who who has been in your mind, who has been on your mind, and connect to people. That's how we become the light, even in times like this. Because there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of fear, but we have a hope, hope that comes from the Word of God. I'd like to ask the worship team to come forward. And as we conclude with um, a song, let me pray with you and ask God, to lead us into his presence. Our Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you that your word is sufficient for us. We thank you that the light of the world, and when we think about the temple lit up, when we think about Jesus saying that he is the light of the world, when he tells us that we are the light of the world, Father, we understand that you have prepared us, that you have extended grace And that today can be the light of the world because of our relationship with you. Father, allow us to share with one another, to minister to one another, and to allow one another to know that we are Christians. Not because we have a wonderful talk, not because we we really know what to say, but because the fruits of your ministry in our lives are visible Because the fruits of your presence in our life are visible. And by the fruits, people know us. We pray this and we ask in Jesus' name. May God the Father who created each and every single one of you, His Son Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. And may the Holy Spirit be with you, not only now, but until He comes. Go in peace as you serve God, love one another, and connect to one another. Amen.